Hello and welcome to the Help My Unbelief podcast, the number one Christian podcast designed for the unbeliever. Hi. You didn't do the 10 seconds of silence first. We haven't been doing that, Larry, yeah. for like six weeks. I know. I wonder where it went, because that always gave me a warning that you were getting ready to go, Hi, how are you today? I missed you all week. Well, he's the editor, and he's decided he didn't need 10 seconds. Well, because when I do the 10 seconds, somebody's doing this, or somebody's doing this, and I was like, you know what? If I'm going to have to go find that 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 baseline of silence anyway, then I'm just going to skip the 10-second part. Well, I'm excited. You're excited about what? Well, I mean, like, Everything's kind of growing. It's just, it's like uh, 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 mushrooming. Yes. Your yep. business, mushrooming, yep. my business. Mush- I mean, I'm really excited. I got new equipment to play with. Ooh, yeah. I don't have so to work on it. Uh, you haven't just- even let me drive your lawnmower yet. That's kind of messed up. That's like a rite of passage. Do you, in Oklahoma. Do you see this look in my face? Are we even friends? She hasn't even <laughs> been able to ride my mower yet. Really? I did, though. However, that's not offer, cool, Larry. I did offer Miss Peggy an opportunity to drive it, and she oh. said, "I'm not getting on that thing." <laughs> now she not, she she's cool. afraid of it. It doesn't uh, have a steering wheel. Yeah, she's afraid uh, of it. Yeah. Oh, I got a story to tell about Peggy. Uh, Peggy's the the older lady with uh, Larry and Ambassadors, and she's, she's the like, one that she's like 85. Eight, yeah, Peggy's 85 or 87. She wanted a, 88. She wanted to mow, and Larry let her mow. So. I was at her house recently to pick up like her her final check her in her well like I did her I did her insurance job for her, and when I was there, a telemarketer called right, and she like like a teenager looked at me and goes, "Watch this," and I was like, "Okay," and she answered the phone and started speaking in tongues to the guy. <laughs> the <phone>. That's awesome. <laughs> And here's the crazy part. Here's the crazy part. She did it for like 10 minutes, dude. Wow. <laughs> and the guy would not hang up and she kept doing it, dude. And then, uh, oh man, she hung up and then another person called and she was like, she was like, and she did it again. I was like, oh my God, Peggy. I guess it just shows you never kind of, you never grow up, huh? No, well, completely. No, and, uh, and de- the, definitely she's one of them that hasn't. And Jesus said, unless you remain like one of these, you won't get into the kingdom of heaven. So she's doing a good job. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Staying like a child. She, huh? she called That's me right. Monday and she goes, honey, are you okay? And I said, what? You know, we just mowed her lawn on Friday. You know, I'm like, yeah. Why? She goes, well, you wasn't at church yesterday. I said, yes, ma'am. I'm I'm on Team El Reno. Remember, we're going to El Reno. I'll be out there for a month or so. I mean, it's it's gonna be a while, hon. I'll see you on Wednesday at Ambassadors. Yeah, <laughs> she was really concerned, and I was. You not did like a good. really good impression of Peggy that first time, though. By the way, that was pretty good. I thought I was the impression guy. You did a really good Sorry. job. Yeah, I'm, I'm supposed to be the impression out. guy. Let me see. Let me see here. So, I'm gonna ask you a question real quick. Okay. You've already asked me 12. Since since starting this show, since starting this ministry, I'm going to ask Mark first. Since this ministry has started and you've been involved in it, mm. what's, the, what's the first thing that pops out in your head that you can say that you've grown 
from? Like, like as, as a person, like a personality trait that you've noticed has refined or gotten better since, since this ministry started? Um, uh, more ability to listen yeah. to people. It's harder than it, it's harder than it seems. Huh? Oh yeah. Well, for a guy like me is me too. Really? If there's a moment of silence, I'm interrupting. And, uh, mm-hmm. so that's been teaching me, uh, to hang back, let people deliver as they deliver and to pay attention to what they're saying, respond or, uh, uh, seek to understand rather than to respond yeah. And what have you learned most from listening? Uh, I've learned that uh, I can, if we're just speaking, are we speaking about this? What have I learned most from listening? Just in, the that, first thing that comes to your head. That I don't there's care a it. lot of hurt ex-children of God out there. And that it's a shame because we seem to talk to them over and over and over again that these are were once Christians, raised Christian, were in Christian faith, many of them, not saying 100%, but many of them, and they're they're lost. And um, it just makes me uh, love them, makes me sad for them, um, but also hopeful. You know, God God has a way. Yeah. Well, that's why kind of, that's kind of what we're doing right now. We're listening and trying to figure this thing out because I don't think there's any denying that people are leaving Christianity in droves and whatever a drove is large or small. I don't know, but um, it's apparent that it's either we're seeing it more or it's happening more. Right. I think we seem to have a, a, as Christians, it, I was trained growing up in church instead of listening, it was immediate judging. Yes. You know, if it's not according to word, there's no truth in them. And, you know, your sin is worse than my sin. Yeah. And, uh, and, and nobody was really trying to pay attention to those struggling. Mm -hmm. Um, They were judging and it came as a person that struggled. It came back as condemnation. And I was, you know, like I don't want to be a part of that, you know, and felt bad. And, and so I, I, so that's a big deal for me. And, and me and Larry have both struggled in this podcast, in fact, with the knee-jerk reaction of wanting to judge what mm-hmm. somebody's saying. Residue effect. Yeah, residue well, I do too. I mean, the way you, we were raised. You you, what was it, a couple of weeks ago, you had to get on to me, or Angela was saying that you were trying to get a hold of me because I was starting to go. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, um, it's human nature. It, it is. And that's why, um, you know, it's but maybe just it's like, a bad human nature there's a certain amount of judgment that keeps us safe and it god gives us for a reason but but then there's also the kind that can divide us from each other yeah and i think we need to listen before it's too late before we don't have an opportunity and before like we i feel fortunate that we're getting people on the opposite side of us to even speak to us and they're speaking to us in loudly and a lot and so that's a I feel blessed that they're even trusting us enough to talk to us. That's really cool. So I don't know what the heck we're going to do with it yet, but um, I mean, that we're we're listening, aren't we? So what about you, Larry? Larry, what have you what have you learned most since since uh, this this ministry started? What's the number one thing you've learned the most besides I, the fact that I have beautiful eyes or whatever? That I, <laughs> that I, I was a, an opinionated butthead. Really. So you think you're um, no? I, I I really honestly think because of the residual effect that what I just spoke about, um, you you tend to be a little bit more judgmental. I think I was probably less so because of the life that I led, and I know that God's grace is 
has uh, given me righteousness. But I mentioned it in one of the other podcasts before where sin is not rated by the sin you did. It is sin, period. There right. is, there's not a rate. It doesn't matter whether you lied or killed somebody. To God, that's the same thing. Yeah. And knowing that, it's very difficult at times not to tell somebody, you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, it's really Especially hard. for you, because I can tell you're like a, you got like a type A personality, and I can tell for sure that you used to be one way, and then you're not that way anymore. I can tell now, that. In the flesh, I was completely a different person than what I am uh, yeah. trying to do my best and walking in the spirit. I got sideways with Darcia, uh, which is very rare now, uh, a little bit this morning, and it wasn't that she did anything wrong. It was that my, my, um, my take on this situation was incorrect. Yeah. We have to be guarded against taking offense. Yeah. And a lot of people, church hurt comes from my ability to be offended by you. Yeah. Okay, let's say you don't, you know, you have, you've offended me and I've walked out from the church because of that. So for one person's thought process or, or five people's thought process, um, I w- when we first started this podcast, I was really shocked at how much had to do with church hurt. Mm-hmm. I didn't really realize that I actually had become part of that church hurt too. In, internally, I had accepted the fact and held that resentment on somebody. And God worked with me when I first came back to him with forgiveness of my dad and forgiveness with a, a, a particular person in my life. I didn't really realize that I had held on to that. Um, yeah. Now, it, it caused me to walk away from the church at that time, but it was also followed up with a whole bunch of other Fleshly crap. So without on. realizing it, you can identify to the people that we talk to. You have something in common with them. Yes, but you didn't even realize I, it. I promise it is your choice whether or not you take offense to something. Yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, I hung out with Larry Autry. A lo- Thank you for clapping. I hung out with Larry Autry when I first came here. And if you don't get to know Larry Autry, there's a lot of things that he can say to you. That will totally offend you. He got me. He got me whenever I first, yeah. whenever I first started going to church here. Yeah, he's he's real yeah. straightforward and in your face kind of guy. He knows that he's been a, a Christian for a very long time. He doesn't know that you don't know. Right, right. Like he he he's like, hey, I've earned my stripes, and I'm going to tell you what the truth is, and it, whether you listen or not, that's on you. Well, right. He, yeah. I mean, he, and if you don't listen, you don't listen. Right. He's the purest in the truth. Yeah. And what new people to Christ don't get is that's the shot in your arm you have to have. Right. That's how you grow. Because when you're letting your flesh rule your life, your spirit is quenched, or not quenched, but uh, uh, squished or whatever you want to call it. You're in hold. or got the reins on it. Once you start putting the reins on the flesh and your spirit is released, there's there's a complete difference. Yeah. And how you see things, how you react then. Now, okay, so I'm gonna I'm not gonna answer those questions for myself, but oh, I oh, isn't that nice? No, but hold on, I I have a message. The reason why is because we don't have much time, and I have a message that I want to put out based on a comment I got um, on last week's episode. Um, someone said that I'll, I'll just it, this isn't exactly what they said, but it's it's close. They said um, worst episode yet. 
they said confirmation bias was real strong in this one. And I wanted to kind of respond to that a little bit. Um, so at the Help My Unbelief podcast, we strive very hard to make this a place for the unbeliever to feel welcome and comfortable here. And we go out of our way to make sure that that happens. Um, we have fought. We have behind the scenes have had heated discussions. Um, we've had fights at home. I'm sure every one of these men in this room have sat at home and questioned whether they wanted to even come here or not. Um, and whether they wanted to continue to do this or not, because um, this is an extremely uncomfortable thing that we're doing and no one else is doing it. Um, and I want to make that clear. Um, no one else is doing what we're doing. Now, I want to say this. You have to give us room to talk about our opinions every now and then and what we believe in. I do believe in the Christian God. I do believe that Jesus is the only way to heaven. Spoiler alert, okay? I believe that he is the truth. I believe that it is real, and I believe it at 100%. I have not hidden the fact that this podcast is made in hopes that people will come to see that truth, okay? I'm not hiding that. I'm not trying to be a ninja. I'm not trying to be undercover. I'm not trying to be stealth. I'm calling it out. I've called it out from the beginning. So if you've heard a, a little bit of confirmation by it, yes, I'm allowed to say my opinions every now and then. Yes, we are allowed to say what we believe every now and then because we dang sure let you. So um, I'm just going to say that um, I know you said that and I'm not going to say who said it and I'm not going to say why, but I'm responding to that um, accusation and I think, um, I think that you've got to give me the same respect that I'm giving you. Fair enough? Sounds fair to me. Okay. Did I kill the mood? No, I just feel like picking up my mic and like dropping it for you. Oh, okay. <laughs> now, because I God pointed out a verse to me. I had my Bible open and it was right there. And it's not marked, so it like jumped out at me, uh, meaning that God showed it to me. I started to read it, but as you said that, I probably, I, I really honestly think that I probably should not read it. Why? Now, I, now I want you to read it. Now, but I, but curiosity's I, but I getting will, the cat over here, dude. But I will challenge you to read Philippians chapter 3, verse 1 through, I don't have the right glasses on for this. One, two, three, and four. Philippians chapter, oh my goodness. I'm, I'm okay. Just read it, please. I can't pull it up on my Google. <laughs> I don't, I don't want the, is it, is Larry's it super judge? Start, start, Larry's about to start a fight. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, I, you I trust you of why you're not reading it because it's probably going to get a, a storm going. But anyway, yeah, I just wanted to say that it's something I saw that message and I thought, I just thought that was extremely unfair. Like, I feel like we give more of yeah. a, we give more of a platform. We give more of a platform to the person that doesn't believe in the same thing as us than we do for uh, our own beliefs. Um, in fact, to the some point to where we all feel uncomfortable about it. 
Um, and we still come in for the last, what, 34 weeks, and we do the same thing over and over and over again. And we work in the direction of making the unbeliever comfortable here. We're doing what unbelievers have complained about. We're not that, that Christians don't listen and we're judgmental. We're trying not to be that way. We're trying you know, so Zach, hard. You know, Zach, I, that's a good response, but really no response to that kind of statement because the simple fact is you're a human being, and when you put a human being in group, in a group of like-minded individuals, confirmation bias happens. Yeah, it's, it's a normal, what yeah. happens. Just like whoever wrote that, I guarantee you, when he's sitting around or she's sitting around in their little circle with their people, confirmation bias is flying everywhere. Yeah, but but once again, we go back to the judgmental judgmental attitude that that we're trying to work on, and perhaps they can work on it themselves. Yeah, I would challenge you. There you go. Just live and let live, man. Mark is challenging you to. Um, Look into your own confirmation bias because we have it and we know. But anyway, what do you think, Larry? Whether you're a Christian or not, it's still judge not least you be judged for with the same measure that you use. It will be measured back to you. Yep. That's that's the that's the a lesson for all of us. That, that is. Yep. Oh, and we just got off the phone with um, a, the newest member of our team. Her name is Chelsea. Yeah, like um, I said, it's mushrooming. I mean, it's yeah. growing. It really is. I mean, yeah. when you came this week and, and said, hey, we got a website, I was like, yay. And then I got time to look at it, and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, Wait a minute. Thing. Wow, this it's, is a pretty cool thing yeah, here. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, she's doing a great job. Um, she's going to be um, over our social media, um, marketing. Um, she's going to do all that stuff. Um, I'm just so grateful um, that God is assembling this like power team um, of these individuals. And I just love the way it's, I love the way it's going. And I appreciate every single person that spends their time every week with us um, listening or on this team that um, puts their hard work and, I mean, it, this this show this this show has had to keep us all up um, at night a few times. So, this is the end times, and this is a ministry that is new, and this is growing without our input. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, along came Indy, and then she took over the Bible study to free you up for more time for the other stuff. And I mean, now we got a website, and we got a, a media. I don't know what they're called, media girl, media person, media, whatever. We haven't decided on our title yet, yeah. but we will. Okay, so we got somebody helping us with uh, um, marketing. Marketing. Yeah. There you go. So I'm excited. Yeah. All I'm asking is, you know, let's get a cool logo. A cool, we have a logo. Yeah, I know, but I didn't just, I need, no, okay. Well, I'm not changing the logo. I've been saying shirts. Oh, shirts! I, I yeah. want a visor with you know other okay. than picture on it. You got it. And you know, I want I want to be able to go. Hey, check us out. So you know, throw throw stuff like that out there. You got it. I'd wear the shirt everywhere I go. I mean, Larry well, wants swag. Yeah. No, it's it's look. First off, he doesn't know what that means. Yeah, it's called <laughs> swag, Larry. <laughs> Logo yeah. branded. It goes, yeah, swag. yeah, swag. I don't, swag, even, yes. I don't even have a company shirt name. Okay, right. I mean a, a company name on my shirt. Uh, 
Yeah, you don't you don't really brand too much on that. You just kind of go out and grind and get your work by word of mouth. Yeah, yeah. Everything's word of mouth or God. That's yeah, right. and I'm telling you, man, God's <laughs> God's scaring me with some of this stuff. Uh, me too. I'm like, hey, bro. <laughs> I mean, I'm on the go. I am on the go. Yeah, and the Lord has has placed guys that want work, that need work, and they're popping up. And I'm every time I see God send somebody to me that needs work, I say. Thank you, Lord, because I know you're going to increase the work so that I can afford to pay them. Yes, sir. And so I see, oh, I got a worker. Well, <laughs> God, you got to provide the work, and he does. That's cool, huh? It's kind of a trip. Yeah. I don't know. Um, my roofing business is exploding this month. It's just, um, I mean, I know everybody here was with me in the in the winter um, whenever I, d- I didn't know whether Wine I was going to cried every it. week? Yeah. Pretty much. Why? Yeah. 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 You're whining cried every week. Hard. Being a Christian's hard. But I tell you what, man, I'm so grateful that he took me through those because I was stressed out when I was making money last year. And I vowed, I, I vowed to y'all, I was like, you know what? Whenever I'm making a bunch of money and I have those stresses that come along with making a bunch of money, I promise not to gripe about those problems anymore because I'm griping about the not having I'm not going to be that double-minded of griping here and griping there and sure enough I'm getting the I'm getting the money problems with whenever I'm stressed out about that and I remember I said that that every time I go I'm not griping about this this is a far better stress than what it was in the winter I refuse to gripe about this God is giving you texture he doesn't like he wants to grow us out of spoiled little brats mm-hmm. into mature Christians. It's so and he crazy. Does that in yeah. Layers, you know. Much better father than me too, because like I said, the way I've acted through all this, I would I would not give my son a single other blessing. <laughs> right. Well, He's I'm just good, saying good, he should have taken you out to the woodshed and put a little bit on the backside. <laughs> I think he did. <laughs> why did, of, why do we have to times, go to the woodshed? Though? A couple of times I was asking God. All right, I just you just give me permission. I'll take him out. I'll take him out back, straighten this out for you, Lord. I was running back and then. then and you then, couldn't have caught and then me. Here's here's what happened. The Lord says, "Do you want some of that?" Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I said, "Nope, nope. nope I'm good." I'll Been keep there. my mouth shut. I'll nod when you tell me to nod, and I'll pat yeah. him when he needs to be patted, and I'll pray for him a lot. You know what's funny is every t- um that God showed me something about you guys too um. Because sometimes whenever I'm I'm directing this thing and I'm I'm kind of um, putting this into places, I'll see you guys kind of give me side eyes every now and then, and I'm like, I'm like I don't think they I don't think they agree with what I'm doing here. And I've looked at that, and God showed me something about you guys. God God has um God has put me in this position, right? And I look at this, and God's given me a gift to be able to put myself in other people's shoes and kind of experience what they experience. And I put myself in your shoes, and if I was in your shoes, I would not listen to a word I had to say. I wouldn't. If I was in your shoes, I still think I would. I wouldn't. Like I'm a very prideful person. I'm a very prideful person, and for you guys to trust me in this thing is phenomenal. Just shows how much further along you guys are in your walk with <laughs> oh, God. Oh, wait, 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 wait. He's a little confused, isn't he? We're not trusting you. Oh, no, that's what I'm saying. We're trusting well, God. Well, I, well, well, hold on. Hold on. You could, it. like, I came to you guys. You didn't even know me. And I said, hey, nope. God told me to do this thing, and God told me to pick you. And I, then, I trust that you're being led. 
right? Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah. you could, you guys could be like, you got, at any minute you could say that this guy never got a revelation from God and you guys could walk away from this thing right. and you don't. No, I don't. You know, there's too many times I, I've that I've prayed, here I am, Lord, use me. Yeah. Did I think it was going to be this way? No, not at all. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I have to be willing to be used when I have offered myself to God to be used. And Mark brought up a good point. Whether it's witnessing to somebody at the grocery store or a coffee shop, you know, or, or work. Yeah. We, Mark brought up a good point that we, we don't even realize the crazy dynamic and backgrounds that we all have together yet. That's going to bring this show and this ministry and what it needs to be. And we have multiple different generations in here. Mm -hmm. Everybody with different, um, different views on life that's sitting here and going in the same direction. It's just, it's That's really cool. Out. Man. It is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's far out. You look at it, you think, was that by accident? No. Mm -hmm. no. God's amazing. You sometimes get complacent in that where you go, where, where you don't really think whether it's an accident or on purpose until something happens. You go, oh, I forgot. Like, God's right. actually directing this thing and everything he did had a meticulous and detailed reason. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, I still am blown away by how you and I met. Mm -hmm. I mean, he, I remember him coming in the coffee shop. Danny wasn't there. Danny had asked me to lead. He comes in and he goes, Hey, uh, I'm supposed to meet, uh, like a men's group, men of integrity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're here, man. Come on in. Mm -hmm. And then he and I sit there and talk for pretty much two hours mm -hmm. while everybody sit around listening, wondering what we were talking about. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, but that was even before I met you. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. It's weird. Someday when we're it's in amazing. heaven, we're going to see the way God wove his tapestry. Yeah. It's going to be really astounding. To you guys still want to do this podcast in heaven? Yeah. And then Larry and I, well, we won't need microphones. Larry and I have known each other since I came to this church, came alongside of him. And, you know, it, it's just amazing to watch where we've gone. Yeah. Since we've met each other. And there won't, uh, we'll have to change the subject matter though. There won't be any unbelievers. Once ah, we're... good point. Yep. Wait, that we can just be rejoiced. That's right. Yeah. yeah. We, we could be the MCs, man, because it's going to be a, a, a Christian format. It's going to be a Christian rock festival for eternity, constantly mm. praising God in yeah. the multiple generations with multiple musics. And we can be the MCs. I wonder, hold on, I'm going to interview <laughs> angels, and here's how it's going to go. I'm going to say, angel, uh, I'm going to say chance, because I named my, my angel, right? Say, chance, I want to get your thoughts on that winter that I was broke and God assigned you to me. Um, what was your thoughts on my actions and behavior at that time? He's going to go, oh, look at the time, i got to get out of here. <laughs> I always like that, that picture of, it said my guardian angel, I had an angel, it was like, 150 years old with a cigarette and it yeah <laughs> just tore up because of all this work he had to do i'm gonna be like dude i'm just sorry for night for the whole 80s i'm just sorry yeah. for 80s completely. Yeah, no I, yeah. I told mine i told my mom everyone you know mom would mention my guardian angel and i'm like no 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 mom I have a whole platoon. <laughs> I wear them out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they got to go rest after they can't come hanging with me. And then I went driving on the road. Right. Oh my goodness! There's so many death death yeah tries on that. 
Okay, we're at 201. Let's go ahead and get to our guest. Um, this, uh, his, his name on social media platforms is Atheist Asks. Um, what he designs his platform behind is asking questions that normal um, atheists would ask. The, um, you know, the questions that's um, important to that belief system, which is who made God? Um, uh, all, all those questions. And, but what he does, he does it in a polite manner and he demands respect and politeness out of it. And he just kind of uh, spurs this um, topics in his comment sections, right? And then he goes back and forth with them, but he does it in a really non-argumentative way. And I, um, I respect what he does. Um, now, I don't know his background or anything else, but I know he was a former qu- uh, Christian. We've talked about it before, um, but I have saved, um, I saved a lot of conversations that we were trying to have until now because I wanted um, it to be authentic. Um, and so I'm excited to get his story and where he's come from and um, why he's came to what he's came to. Um, and I'm, I'm excited for you guys to hear from him. Maybe we'll get his name too. So here he is, Atheist Ask. Hello. There he is. What's up, dude? Hey, what's going on, man? Hanging out, hanging out, man. Um, so, uh, d- do you want to give your name? Um, I just introduced you as Atheist Ask, but um, no, you, yeah, Dustin's fine. You can call me Dustin. Dustin. Yeah. Right on, man. Okay. Yeah. So you've watched a couple shows. Oh, more than a couple, my friend. You've watched them all. No, no, just I, I've watched the uh, you know bits and bits and pieces here and there. I think cumulative. I'm getting up there pretty good. <laughs> oh, good deal, good deal, man. Um, okay, so what we do? I'm going to go around the room and I'm going to um, introduce everybody on the team, um, and then um, we're going to um, and then we'll we'll just dive right into it. Um, at the end of the show, we all um, we all go around the room and we say our final say, and then because you're our guest, you get our um, you get the final word. Ah, um, oh, you're too kind. So um, um, this is not a debate. Since you watch the show, I say the same thing every show, though. It's probably mm-hmm. getting old, but this is not a debate. We have no intention of debating you whatsoever. Um, although although I think I would, like with you, because your platform is Atheist Ask, and you ask some of those, those questions, I think maybe towards the end I'd like to get into a couple questions and see if we maybe um, have some answers that we could at least talk about. Because I feel confident with you at least because of how you, um, your, your app, your attitude and your aura. I feel like we could have a discussion about some of those questions oh, easily and not, yeah, um, easily. and not, um, depart for and make it into a debate thing. So ma- maybe agree. we'll do that towards the end, but I'm actually more interested in your story first, but let's go around the room first. Mm-hmm. Um, this is my executive producer, Mark. Hey, how's it yeah. going? Hey, Mark. And then we're, we're so glad Mark's here, by the way. We take him for Amen. granted sometimes because yes. he's here so often. But some, and he was gone a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, Mark's gone. But, um, and we have uh, my, my lovely wife, Angela. Hello. Hi, Angela. And then we have my um, muscular, um, <laughs> glowing, um, Samson-looking co-host, Larry. Glowing, I can go with. Flex it, baby. Yeah, there you go. Flex. That's, just, that's just a nice tan going on. Yeah. There you go. And then um, me, I am the um, well-built, good set. Don't roll your eyes. (laughs) Um, I just went to sleep with that one. I have an angelic voice. um, Just hard to miss me. Um, Beautiful eyes. In fact, I set the wall on fire earlier looking straight at it. It's weird. Truthfully, yes. By the way, he's also extremely humble. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. 
but I'm, I'm the host. My name's Zach. Um, but I, I'm glad to have you on, man. So, um, yeah. <laughs> thanks for coming on and thank you. Uh, thank you for spending your time with us. We do appreciate it. We were just talking earlier how, um, that sometimes we take it for granted, but we are grateful that people that don't believe in the same thing as us, um, choose to sit down and really get vulnerable with us and tell us where they came from and why they came from where, um, where they do. So we don't, we don't want to take that lightly. So thank you for coming on, man. I've been eagerly anticipating uh, our discussion. You know, I, I respect what you all do. Um, I enjoy watching. You know, it's one of those things I feel we need more of it. Um, that was kind of the basis in which I started doing what I was doing. But, you know, I'm just uh, – we're all kind of so tired of being told we can't speak to people that we don't agree with. And, you know, I think we're all at that that precipice where we want to say, no, you know what, I think we can't talk to each other. And that, that's a big step forward. Yeah. Yeah, we all need to just stop being so defensive. Defensive. Exactly. Like- um, people get backed in these corners and then we get defensive and, and it's, it's okay not to have the answers. That's just pride. It's okay not to have Absolutely. some answers and it's okay to just say, I don't know. I don't have the answer to that. You know what I mean? Man, I raised three daughters. I don't have any answers. <laughs> I have three boys myself and they're all teenagers. I understand. Oh yeah. boy. That so, means yeah. you're a little younger than I am. What's your age, Dustin? Uh, I'll be 39 next month. I'm, oh. I'm staring 40 straight in the mouth. Is that a uh, is that a pin clicker, Larry? I don't think so. 39. No, 30, 39 is, you know, my kid's age. Yeah, you can't click oh, your pin on that. Okay, I'll my, take my, it. My, I'll oldest, take my oldest one is actually 39. Yeah, that's not a so, pin. You didn't get a click of the yeah, pin on that What what, uh, <laughs> what part of the country are you from? Uh, we're originally, my family and I are from Kentucky, southern Kentucky. Um but about three years ago, essentially right after the pandemic hit, uh, you know, it be be whatever one's opinion as it be, uh, my son is special needs, one of my children, my, my middle one. So in the beginning, we had to kind of take it very seriously, uh, you know, till we found out what was going on, couldn't really risk a whole lot. And we sat in isolation for a couple months in Kentucky and uh, just almost in unison, uh, I asked him one night at dinner, I said, hey, guys, why don't we just sell everything. You know, we had a nice home, 13 acres in Kentucky. I said, why don't we just sell everything, buy an RV? And if we're going to be kind of isolated, let's start, let's start traveling. So we've been full time for three years now. We've never went back. Wow. What do you, what do you do? Do you do something online or something? Yeah. My job is fully remote. I'm a business consultant. So I have clients all over the world. So I've been fortunate that in the, you know, the three years that we, we kind of uprooted and and displaced ourselves. Um, I was, I've been able to kind of run my own company and run my own business on the road. So I've been fortunate, you know, no matter where we've been in the last three years, coast to coast, I'm able to, as long as I've got internet connection, I'm able to work. You said you spent some time in Texas because we, we shared a joke together about Texas being hell. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, in 21, we came out, we were heading from Kentucky to LA. I had a client in LA, so we were going to California for a few months and, uh, we, we spent a couple months in Texas, a few up in uh, the Chalicone area by Dallas, east of Dallas. And then, uh, a little bit down in the, um, can't remember, uh, can't remember the city. It starts with an H, but it's down near Medina Lake outside of San Antonio. We stayed there for about a month as well. Ooh, I should have the name. You're out there in the hill country. I lived yeah, in I lived in San Antonio for a while, but I would have to actually look at a map to remember. It's been was it called Halo- It was called Halotes or something like that. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it, it's be- beautiful area. I can go to Dallas from here on out there. Ah, <laughs> uh, right on. Okay, so um, let me ask you a question because um, what I've gathered so far, I've kind of been careful not to um, 
engage into a big conversation with you because I, I I always want these conversations to be authentic. Everything I hear, I want it to be the first time. But I take it you you were a Christian for quite a while. That's what I'm gathering, right? Yeah, for I mean, I would say when you're talking about not including agnosticism, um, pure devout, believed it wholeheartedly Christian until I was 18, 19, um, just completely wholeheartedly. I was raised in it. Um, you know, my family in Kentucky, even to this day, uh, both sides of my family, zero atheist. Um, it's, I'm the only one and most of them don't even know kind of in the closet with many of them on that, but, um, just believed it completely was raised in it. Uh, walked it, talked it every bit of it up until almost 19. Why do you, um, we talk, I think Will, when you're talking to Will and Will says he's still in the closet with a few of his family. Right. And, and is, is it just because you don't want to deal with it? It's just one of those things you don't want to deal with. I, I think now it is because I've, I've told the people that matter the most, uh, to me, I, you know, of course my wife, my wife and I have been together 20 years and she, she is a believer, just the same raised Southern Baptist. Uh, I was raised Southern Pentecostal. Uh, we got together, but when we got together, I was, you know, right after a little bit of 21, 22. And, you know, I kind of told her outright, you know, I, I, I'm still going to church. I don't know what I'm doing. I was very open about it, you know, cause we were getting into a serious relationship and, you know, she was okay with that. So she knew first, but for the last 15 years, you know, my wife has known, uh, I told my brother about three or four years ago and just my mother three years ago. Um, and that's really kind of the only ones that I've told the rest of them. I think it is, I don't want to deal with it. Um, it's not something that I feel like I owe to share to them because it is a very, you know, kind of personal thing. And, you know, it was, it was difficult. I, listen, yeah, I'm, I'll tell you, I'm a teddy bear. Uh, I'm, I'm a softie. So if I do get emotional, uh, I apologize ahead of time, but I do too. Don't my, worry. uh, my, my stepfather, who I don't have a relationship with my dad. So my stepfather was dad. We lost him, uh, three years ago, three and a half years ago, a long, long battle with, with a disease. And like, you know, I, I don't say this haphazardly and I don't say it, you know, to be hyperbolic. He was the embodiment of the perfect Christian. And I mean, like, I'm not just lying about that. I mean, the man loved everyone, judged no one, didn't care where you were, where you've been. You know, he was going to sit down and, you know, laugh, tell you about Jesus and invite you to church. Like, you know, that was the example. So I was atheist for 10 years before he died. And I, I never had, he would have loved me. I mean, there's no question in my mind. It wouldn't have been anything like that, but it was just such guilt. I, I just didn't get past the guilt of it. I lost him before I could tell him. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing too. Like you, you, you look at the, I had a, um, you know, with the guy I'm doing, we're, we're doing business with together, me and Larry, um, we had the same discussion about how he was questioning God too. When he watched one of his granddaughters go through an illness, he was like, how yeah. could like, and his, um, her dad was a perfect Christian. He does yeah. everything. He, he serves God and everything else. Like he was like, why would God let one of his followers go through that? Is that, is that kind of what you were thinking when you're watching this guy go through this stuff? Well, I was already well into my atheism when he got sick. So it wasn't, you know, that wasn't something that drew uh, a void between me or God, because it was already, I was already way past that point. Uh, I just hadn't told him because of 
you know, the way that he was, that you know, I, I felt like it would break his heart. Yeah. Even though he would love me either way, but you didn't it, want to deal it, with. It came, yeah, you didn't want to deal with yeah. hurting him. Yeah. No, I didn't. Well, and that's kind of what it was. It was. It was. I want to say that it was selfless on my part, even though I know it was probably more selfish. But you know, I, it would have hurt him. It wouldn't have changed our relationship. It was like I said, he loved everyone. It didn't matter. You know, it didn't matter what you did or or who you were. He loved you anyway. So it, it was one of those things that. I, I will. I mean, I, I don't mind to share. Um, I don't mind to share an ex- exceedingly personal story with you. That I, only a few people know, but it kind of paints a picture of what you speak to in the sense that his sickness didn't make me go, "Hey, God, why are you doing this to someone like this?" Because at that point, I already didn't believe, so I had no reason to speak in that manner. But you know, I did have a momentary lapse. Uh, one time in, in church while he was sick. And as I mentioned, no one in my family up until a few years ago knew that I was atheist except for my wife. My wife was still a believer. You know, she raised our three children in church. I fully supported it. I wanted them to kind of learn on their own. My boys didn't know at the time that I was atheist. Uh, I didn't tell them until about three years ago as well. They were already 10 and over. So it was one of those things to where I was very closeted about it and i would go to church still you know and support my kids when there was a play or when they were baptized or my wife needed something you know i would always go there and i would be supportive and you know just you know me i'm not an argumentative you know type of person so i could go and sit in the sanctuary and i assure you that the things that i think when i'm sitting in the sanctuary now are different from what everybody else does you know as a believer but i sat there and in this particular instance um my my dad was with us. The kids were doing a play, and they were two. My two youngest were both in it, so grandparents on both sides were there. He was very sick. He was probably a year away from death at this point, and very feeble. Had lost a lot of weight. Couldn't get around uh, very well. And his biggest thing, the thing that hurt him the most when he got sick, is that he couldn't go to church. You know, that was his heartbreaking factor was that he couldn't worship the way that he wanted. So we had planned for a couple months. Um, the kids, you know, they had this play. They've been working on it. We had planned, you know, hey, Dad, we're going to get you out. We'll take you. You know, don't worry about it. We'll make sure you're good. So it was kind of a big event because he hadn't been going. He hadn't been getting out. And we were sitting there, and he was in – him and my mom were in the seats in front of me, and my, my wife and I were right behind them. And we were two seats off of the aisle, so there was a couple sitting beside him between him and the aisle. And he goes to stand up because <clears throat> he had to go use the restroom, which was out of the sanctuary uh, in the foyer. And – he goes to stand up and he trips over the lady because he was very, very feeble at this point. Couldn't get around very well. And he falls and they catch him. You know, we jump up, catch him. He's embarrassed. And you know, I grab him, hey, Pops, let's go. I'll walk you back here. You know, we'll get, well, I'll help you out. So he arm in arm, take him back there. I'm like, hey, Pops, do you want me to sit with you? You know, wait on you. Wait, no, no, I got it. I'll, I'll be okay. You go on in. So I go back up there. And I can honestly say this. In the 15 years, 10 to 15 years that I've been convinced in my atheism, after my long, long agnosticism phase where I studied and researched, convinced, I mean, I'm convinced as much as anyone could that wants to find out. I sat there for about five minutes, and this is the only time since my atheism that I've spoke to God in a way of like, you know, I'm praying to you, I'm speaking to you. It's the first time and the only time since. I go about five minutes, and I'm worried about him. <clears throat> I go back out, and he hadn't come back into the sanctuary. He was sitting um, on one of the benches out in the foyer. I said, Pops, you all right? Yeah, I just needed a break. I needed a minute. 
I said, okay, I'll sit with you. And, you know, let's, whenever you're ready, we'll go back in there. And he sat there for a few minutes, drank some water, and we go back in. And I was sitting behind him. And, like, I just was overwhelmed with it. And I was in a church at this point. You know, this is, it, it often pains me when people take these experiences so lightly because they're not. But um, I said, God, look, I'm right here. I'm, I'm talking to you. You've got an opportunity. And I know we're not supposed to ultimatum God like this. I know that. But this was my prayer. I said, you've got probably the best example of, of a mouthpiece for you, you know, one of the best the world's ever seen, and he's dying. And then you've got me that's walked away. Just show me something. Heal him. Give him a better, you know, he doesn't deserve it. Show me something. And I'm back. I'm back wholeheartedly. And it was silence. And he got worse and worse and worse. And within a year, he was dead. And it was just like, that was the only time in the last 15 years that I felt compelled to pray. And it was that instance. And that's how it was answered was it getting worse and him dying. So it wasn't the sickness that drove me away, but I tried to use that sickness as a way to plead to God and say, can we, you know, can we, I'm not, I'm undeserving if you do this, but you know, I'll be back. What kind of story would that be? And you know, we yeah, had to, we had to say bye to him. Here's my thought on, here's my thought on some of this. And I've, I've been thinking this a lot lately because like I said, I think um, I've said this openly in the last episode, but um, I, uh, I've came very close to deconstructing before. Right. Um, and I felt that I felt God let me go until he did give me a sign. Um, right. But I almost missed that sign. That sign didn't come up until two days later. And I'm wondering, did I catch that sign or did God reveal it to me? I'm, I'm just revealing you my thought process and I'm just being open with you. I'm being open and honest Please. with you. Um, and I'm like, but God showed me that sign. And I realized that God did let me get that close to deconstructing so mm -hmm. I could identify with you guys. That's what I believe at least, yeah. right? I believe that yeah. he did that so I could identify with you because that's why I posted that video recently. I go, I was thinking, I was like there, you can be a full fledged Christian, just like me, yeah. just like Larry, just like Larry, and you can and you can walk away from it. I mean, listening yes. to you here right now, I mean, I meant, I put myself in your shoes in church like that, and I know you. I know you meant that when you I when did. you prayed, yeah, wholeheartedly. But, but here's my here's my here's my thought that I can't get away from whenever I'm thinking every day as I'm wa walking with God and stuff like that. There's something in the spiritual. There's something that I can't explain that does not want me to be a Christian does not want me to follow Christ, right? This, right. whatever else this energy is, could care less whether I'm anything else. It feels like, now listen, I don't want to cheapen, I don't want to say this. It feels like this right now, right? Because <clears throat> I know it wasn't easy for you, I'm going to say that. But it feels like it would be easy to just give all this up. Give up the podcast, just focus on my family, do the roofing company thing and just move on with my life without God. It feels like that would be the easy way to do it or to just do anything else. But there's something that does not want me to be a Christian. And I feel like if what I believe is true, then we do have an enemy that's trying to convince us that God isn't real. And I have to be honest with you. Like I was, this is, this is five or six years ago, but I walked outside one time. Um, and 
I started looking at the wind and the trees and stuff like that. And I, I started saying to myself, I was like, wow, everything that's happening is happening exactly the way it's supposed to. Everything is perfectly in order. The wind is blowing when it's supposed to. And it felt like I was getting some sort of revelation about how the, how the, the world works. Right. And then I hopped in my car and I started dri- driving down the road and I was like, everything has a purpose. Everything has its specifically designed purpose. And then a grasshopper mm-hmm. splatted on my windshield. Exactly. And I go, oh, except for that. Yeah. Like, it seems like everything has a purpose except for life. Like life seems to be like have a caveat in there or something. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, and I so let, let me say this before I, cause um, I just don't want you to like what I just said. It was just me being honest. I know the fact that you gave up Christianity was probably one of, if not the hardest things you ever had to do. So please don't, please don't take it. Like I said that, but I'm just saying what it feels like. Cause I've never deconstructed. So I feel like, I'm trying to be honest about, I feel like it would be easy for me. Do you, can you respond to that in some way? But please don't take it. Absolutely. No, I don't, I don't take offense to that at all. I understand exactly what you mean. My, my, I guess my refute to that would be that if it was purposeful, and, I, you know, and the, the next question is always, well, what is the purpose? And then the following de facto response is, well, we may not know it. We may not understand it. We may not comprehend it or, hit, you know, going through that, was something that you needed to do, or there was a lesson to be learned, this, that, and the other. And I, I guess part of my opposition to that is that why why would you use a fantastic example of what Jesus is supposed to be and be on earth and, and do that to them? But if that was for a reason or a purpose, maybe I can't comprehend it, I have to ask, was there not another way possibly a more loving or a more compassionate way to teach me or my family the lesson that we needed to know was, was there a better way or a different way, you know, to do that than the way that we were given. And if there isn't, then there isn't, you know, there, there's, there wasn't, but it just seems like the grasshopper hitting the windshield. You know, I believe also that everything has a purpose and that everything from the most minuscule species all the way to the grandest, I believe that we, you know, everything has its part to play, but then you hit the grasshopper going down the road and it brings up the philosophical argument of what, what could have possibly been the purpose of that grasshopper being born, having a life, doing its thing just to meet its demise on my windshield. And if it's to teach you something philosophically about life and death and the world, this and the other, I get it, but again, I raise the same question, whether it's a human or a grasshopper, is there not a more loving way to teach those or to show the purpose uh, in which? Because you got a sign, it may have came a couple of days later, I never did, or at least not one that I recognized. Okay. And I mean, well, that's the question, right? Like that, that's the question I'm proposing. That. Like what if, you know? what if he did, what if he did give you a sign and like we, we asked this question in the last episode was like, cause I don't have the answer. I don't have the answer to this question. Oh, like, nor do I, my friend. like did yeah. God reveal that sign to me about despair? Did you listen to last, uh, the, or it, it would have came out yesterday. So you probably didn't listen to it, but no, I haven't yet. No, no. So I told a story about a sparrow, but anyway, it was extremely coincidental. Um, and, um, and it, and I just knew it was from God. Right. And, but right. it took me a couple of days to notice that sign. Right. And we posed the question 
did God reveal to me that sign to where I would have, um, I would have understand it, or was it because I was somewhat plugged into God? I'm still plugged into God is why I noticed it, right? Like, could mm-hmm. I have missed it? I'm asking those questions, right? That way, because, dude, I wanna, I want to be able to answer your questions. That's why I want to get to know um, mm-hmm. people that believe in the ways you do because I want to be able to answer your questions. And the only well, way I, I can, personally, you could miss it. Do you? I mean, do you think you could reasonably miss it if God wanted to? You know, give you a revelation or give you a sign I don't know. that was for the purpose of giving you one. Do you think that he would give that and then know. allow that to not be received? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that, I don't that's either. part and, of it. And that, that's my struggle. That's my problem. Yeah. Dustin, I, I feel like that's part of our choice is whether or not we accept it mm-hmm. and, and whether or not we actually understand it. His ways are higher than ours, but he understands our inability to understand at his level do we often understand no first off i i apologize first off i want to give my condolences um thank you i too lost my my mother about six years ago uh to alzheimer's and dementia and that in itself is a very difficult passage indeed and I too, when I think about her, get emotional. Yeah, so there's nothing nothing wrong with that. I'm a lot older than you are, and and I can't think about my mom without missing my mom. Absolutely, absolutely. But and I, you know, and let, I guess to your to your point, I, I would the only thing that I could consider to say would be if if I if I'm the one that's giving the lesson, if I'm the one giving you know, the, the, the teachings that's supposed to be happening, the sign, if, if I am that person, if I walk into a classroom, you know, of college students, I'm going to, I'm going to speak to the college students. I'm going to speak to the level in which they can comprehend. If I walk into a middle school, I'm not going to speak to them in the way that the college class would, because it's going to go over a lot of their heads. They're just not going to understand it. I've actually used that same analogy. Exactly. So I feel like if, if the gap that we would have between God, and us, as far as our understanding, would be further than a kindergartner to a PhD. And True, I guess my right. thing is, if the PhD comes into the kindergarten classroom and starts showing science experiments and says, well, you all don't understand this, that's the onus is on you, I feel like it isn't. I feel like that the onus is on God to make sure that I was at least capable of understanding what was going on or capable of recognizing a sign and, and to sit back, you know, and, and this is kind of my, my umbrage with it, you know, to say, you know, you were given this or you were given enlightenment or you were given a sign, this, that, and the other, but you just weren't able to comprehend it or you weren't able to understand it. How does that onus of not being able to understand it or recognize it or comprehend it okay. fall on me? You know what I'm saying? Let like me, that's where I get hung up. Let me respond in this way. And I first want to say this, that I think, Every human being that does something wrong should take accountability for it, not blame Agreed. the the big Agreed. old mean devil, right? So yep. but that's why I want to start off by saying that, okay? So anything wrong I've ever done, um, the devil didn't make me do it. Um, and Agreed. I want to say that. Um, I want to say that first. Now, I will say this though, that if we're talking about if we're talking about from the aspect that God's trying to give you signs and stuff like that, the Bible's also clear that we really do have an enemy talks about him 
um, running around like a roaring lion looking for someone Mm -hmm. to devour. Right. I'm sure, you know, all Mm -hmm. these Bible verses, it talks about him. It talks about him cunning and wanting to um, destroy us and, and fool us. It talks about him being a deceiver. It talks about him tricking Adam and Eve, right? And I get those. Mm-hmm. I know I know. we go down that rabbit hole, like, well, why, why did God even create it where it was possible? I get all that. But what I'm saying is, if what we believe in is true, then there is an enemy that's trying to convince you um, trying to fool you about what you're seeing or trying to get you to miss those clues and stuff like that. And we have mm-hmm. to stay. That's why the Bible says to be ye not of the world, right? To be not of the world. Um, because when you're in the world, then you're under the authority of the the one who runs it, which is Satan, mm-hmm. right? And so, mm-hmm. so you have to be already in your spiritual home to be wise. You got to be stay plugged into God to be able to manipulate the path of God, because if not, you're going to manipulate the path of the one who owns the earth that you're in. Right, Mark? Mm -hmm. Follow the path, not manipulate. Oh yeah. Sorry. Um, but navigate it. You get what I'm saying? Like, like, no, I do. I do. Yeah. And and let me, let me ask this. If, if, if that's the case and I'll, I'll concede, um, if that's the case. So, it, you know, the, the Bible also tells us that if we do seek, we will find, correct? So there was a lot of seeking. You know, there was t- about 10, about 10 years there, you know, eight to 10 years there of very, very thoughtful research, thoughtful seeking. So when we're talking about the realm of, did, you know, did God show you the sign or did God give you a revelation? This, that, and the other. Maybe the enemy intervened, so on and so forth. I'll, I'll get there with you. Let me ask this. If it is God's intention for me to walk away and spend that time in agnosticism and study and, and do this, that, and the other, but ultimately realize whether it's a day late or I didn't realize it at the time, but I'm going to get a revelation. I'm going to get you know some, something to say, okay, I'm walking back. I'm getting, I'm getting back on the path. If that's God's intention for me, how, how can Satan oppose or intervene in that? Like what, what would make Satan able to come in and abate God's plan for me? Because if that's the case, God was trying to give me a sign. Either I didn't receive it or the enemy interfered with it. And both of that, in that case, means we're not talking about my free will now, able to make God's will or God's plan for me change. But now we're saying that Satan can come in and do that on my behalf. And I'm just saying, why is that the case also in the fact that if it is his plan for me to be tested and revealed and come back, how could Satan have any power within that? Look, I, it would be great if I could answer those questions for you. Yeah. But well, that's you, you were, that's you were raised, <laughs> you were raised Southern Pentecostal and I yeah. was raised Pentecostal in the South. Uh, we, right. did, we didn't really call ourselves Southern Pentecostal. I didn't know. I that know what a, a Southern Baptist is, but what is a Southern Pentecostal? I, I, I don't. We know. don't have to ask they're, 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 they're the only ones that left the verses out of Mark about snakehead. Like we're one step below them. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you about snake yeah. handling. I really was. Yeah. So, so you didn't actually handle them, right? No, but they, I'm sure there were a few people in this congregation that wanted to. Right? Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Now, okay. I, yeah. I can't comprehend that. And I was raised Pentecostal, yeah. but like you, I chose the world at 18. Right. I walked away from the church because I was no longer underneath my mom's control. I was a quote unquote adult. 
Um, <laughs> yeah. 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 Wait till, our, wait till your kids tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> wait till your kids tell you that one, Dustin. Yeah. Um, but I walked away from the world or I walked, I'm sorry. I walked away from the church and walked into the world. Mm-hmm. Everything was about me. I became my own God. I'm literally everything was about me through that whole time frame. I didn't come back to the Lord until the end of my mom's life. Why? Why? Simply because I wouldn't listen. Mm-hmm. God was, I can see now I'm 60 getting ready to turn 61. I can see looking back on things where God was with me the whole time. So do you think, so Larry, I'm going to ask you, you this question and, and it's about Dustin. Okay. Do you think God's talking to Dustin right now and he's trying to interact with him and he's just missing it? Is that what you think? I don't want to. Honestly, talk, you I can don't be honest. Talk, I don't want to talk you down to Dustin. Honest, no, it's not. It's not talking yeah. down to him. I just want to know what your thoughts no, are. I'm is, asking you. But it is. But what Dustin is doing right now is getting the information that he's going to need later. I didn't think all of this that I've gone through would have any bearing on the way I walk with the Lord now. But my passion for Christ. My true dependency on him, that's because I walked where I walked. Yeah. And I didn't believe then, but I mean, I didn't, I didn't follow him. I never didn't believe him. I never have been where you are. I've never been where, where my brother is. I don't even understand. Oh, we, um, I can't look at anything and not see God. Even when I didn't follow him. I think it was episode four or five or six. I can't remember which one, um, Dustin, but we interviewed Larry's brother, who is an agnostic. Mm -hmm. He's an agnostic. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, we interviewed Larry's actual brother. He's agnostic. Hey, hey, Dustin's Mark. Um, Hey, Mark. Hey, man, how are you? Uh, You moved from, you were agnostic, which is without knowledge, basically Mm -hmm. saying, you know, I believe that there's, something out there, but I'm not going to let, you know, I don't necessarily believe in your definition of defining it to straight atheism. Atheism. Is that correct? Tell, well, tell, but that was over about an eight year process. Yeah, know, t- tell me, like, yeah. Tell me about that, that process. Why, why from, you know, like Larry talked about, he said, you know, I can just look at my hand or a flower and know that that was designed. Right. Um, you know, okay. So I can see an agnostic saying that, but then I go into church and then the thing that you're talking about is a religious construct. I'm not really certain I can buy into either. Um, but then going from both of those, which is still thinking, yeah, we were designed, we were created. Mm -hmm. This is all on purpose to, to atheism, which is Mm -hmm. a belief that, you know, there's nothing. Um, right. Talk about that for a minute. Well, it, it started off very simply in, in doubt and within Christianity. You know, it was, it, well, let me say it was even smaller than that. It was doubt in the version of Christianity I had been taught. And, you know, around 7, 18, you know, I'd always looked at some of the stories that I was taught, you know, the flood the ark, you know, all this stuff, you know, take your pick of any of those that, that just to some people, they can't, 
believe it, I was starting to go, well, those don't make sense. Why, you know, is there something I'm missing? Maybe there's components to the story that I don't get. Um, maybe the error is in my lack of, of understanding, my lack of knowledge. So as I started to see what other versions of Christianity said about the same stories, the same verses, the same books, I started to realize the discrepancies there, which said, okay, well, if Christianity can't agree amongst themselves, what do the other religions of the world say? Not just the Abrahamic ones, but all of them. So over the course of those eight years, it went from, I'm not sure Southern Pentecostal is the exact right way, but maybe it's just something different. There's a God, but it's whatever God. It's taught by the Presbyterians more correctly, whatever you want to say. And, and that started that path. And then it was going into the church to pray and look for answers, researching and looking what both sides of the argument had to say. And slowly but surely, I started to realize that there were many things that I couldn't reconcile. And before I realized that I was an atheist, because I had pretty much said to myself, there's too many things that we can't reconcile with God for me to sit back and say, there is something, I don't understand it. For me, I was at the position after about eight years to where I could say, I don't believe in a higher power at all. Uh, now, does that in turn mean I have the answers to all the questions? Of course not. Epistemology and all these things, I don't know. I mean, we don't know all that. But, I, you know, it started off with evolution and creation for me. Uh, it started off with not being able to reconcile the God of the Omnis. Um, there's no way, in my personal opinion, respectfully, that God can be what he is portrayed as and be all of the Omnis. And then if you start breaking an Omni away, he starts to lose the luster. And it was it was a chipping away of that. But I, I say this all the time on my page, and I say it to people very, very openly and honestly. When I started doubting, I went into that search to strengthen my faith. Never in a million years did I think that I would come out with more doubt, more unanswered questions, and, and a non-belief. That was never, ever the intention. I went into that just trying to understand on a theological level maybe some of the things that I didn't understand. Why does this make sense to uh, my preacher and not to me? Oh, he probably knows more. I'm right. going to learn more. Okay, that, that, that I see. I'm, I love that. Thank you for that explanation. Yeah. So, so my so my follow-up question is, is there not, see, I have a, this is just my belief, but I have a belief that we're all, that I was created and I was genetically encoded mm-hmm. um, to have a relationship with what created me. Um, that I sure. was created to know my creator. It explains mm-hmm. all the baffling behavior of mine in the world and the seeking of people to fill that void, basically trying to shove everything into a God-sized hole and it wouldn't fit. Uh, right. Sex, drugs, rock and roll, people, relationships, yeah. um, things. Um, none of that ever fit. And uh, there was always this yearning inside of me. Like mm-hmm. this, this pull of, I, 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 I think the Stoics call it, you know, basically the condition of man, the, the always looking for striving for something, always. achieving, achieving that, and then being disappointed in my achievement only to strive for something again, to achieve it, to be disappointed, this typical cycle, because I was never at peace because I never had for me. I never had a relationship with that. Do you, do you experience any of that? You know, from now from being a complete atheist and saying there is nothing out there, 
do you feel like there's a hole somewhere? Is some kind of vacancy because of that belief? And if not, tell me why. This, this is going, no, it's a great, great question. It's, and this is probably going to blow your all's mind. And I'm, and as you all know, I'm nothing but honest with you all. Um, I found the release and the letting go of the idea of a creator, me being the creation and God as a whole. Although that, that journey was difficult, the difficult nature of that journey rested in the social component, you know, my family, my friends, my job, this, this, that, and the other. But once, once I let that go, it was probably the most liberating thing that's ever happened to me. And not only did I feel like that there was a void there, I felt, I felt like I was now able to live life openly. And, and, and I'm not as, you know, before we go to the, well, people don't accept God as they love their sinful nature. That's not me. I'm an old geek. I'm an old nerd. I got, I play chess with my kids. I don't live a sinful life. There's no vices or anything that I choose over God. But I was able to just kind of look around and the difference in the core belief that we have is you believe a flower is majestic because it was created that way. I believe a flower is just as majestic, but not because somebody said you're a rose and you're beautiful, but because of what the roses went through in, in the history of that species to get as beautiful as it is, but still have thorns on it. You know, the, the majesty of creation that you all see is still the majesty I see. I just don't believe that there was someone behind saying, there it is. You know, that's the creation. So right. there is no void. It's actually very liberating. It was, um, it was something that I find more beauty in life now than I did when I was a believer. Fair enough. Okay. Um, so oh, thank you for that. Helps me. Let yeah. me, let me ask you a, let me ask you a question I've been curious about. Um, so during your time as a Christian, um, did you have any spiritual experiences that you thought were at a time, like one that stands out where you were like, Whoa, this is God like communicating with me. Cause we talked about signs and stuff earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm not going to ask you, like, obviously you don't believe there's a God, so you don't believe they were, but one that you thought right. thought that was. And could you tell me the story? Yeah, Winterfest 1997 is probably the biggest. Um, a youth group went to Ohio. Uh, you all know, Winterfest, I'm sure, the big, you know, the big Christian concert conference, you know, this, that, and the other. Okay. Um, went, was with a group of my peers, and, you know, I was 13, so I'd been raised, and I believed it. But, you know, you're 13. You think you're too cool for school, you know, this, that, and the other. And there was an altar call the one night, and I, I had probably 30 people putting their hands on me. And I felt like at the time, and I felt like up until I, de- you know, deconverted that, that was the Holy Spirit. That was the time when I was filled with it. That was undeniably the time that I had that warm, like, energetic, you know, feeling that people get when they say the Holy Ghost filled me. That was the time, and I went for years believing that that was the instance that that I was filled with the Holy Ghost. But I have a video on this as well. You know, I'm a big music fan. I love, you know, I love music, love concerts. And I, I posit it this way. I get I get goosebumps in my arms when I'm riding down in the car listening to music. Um, every concert that I've ever been to in my life, no matter the band or anything, you get that energetic hair up your neck you know, visceral feeling of the energy in the room. And seeing as how I felt, you know, similar things to that far outside of the belief, um, now I attribute to that social aspect of what we all feel when, you know, you get goosebumps on your arms when you see a movie or a specific scene in a movie or a TV show or a, a song. 
Uh, but I did feel at that time at 13 that that, that was it. I, that was, was it for me. I needed. So you say you felt things similar, but have you felt that again? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I felt that same feeling that, that rush of energy, that overwhelming feeling of like an outer body experience. Kind of, I, I felt that when I saw Robert Plant sing, you know, some Led Zeppelin songs live. I, I felt that. <laughs> Me too. No, no, me too. No, dude, Robert you know Plant I, no, is my I, number one all-time favorite, and I'll have to say, yeah, I got the tinglys when I saw yeah, him in concert. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that illustrates my point, though, Different guys. I'm not, I'm not being facetious in that. I'm really not. I'm. What I mean is I, I was raised in a Southern Pentecostal church, so every service was screaming, shouting, tongues, slaying in spirit, you know, people running around the sanctuary. These were visceral people that were worshiping. Nobody worships harder than they do. Hallelujah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But that breeds that energy. That breeds that energy that I felt at Winterfest. And it was many years later until I saw my first concert. And then again, when I saw Robert Plant playing with the who, uh, it was like, that's that same feeling. You know, I, that's that same feeling that I felt. And I realized that we all experience that, but just some people experience it and attribute it to God or the Holy ghost. But we all experience that goosebumps on our arms, hair on our neck when we see something, you know, that energetic, that that visceral. That's why I'll say this. I'll say this, man. I want nothing but real to come from this show and what I do and everything that yeah. I do um, in public. Like I, my, one of my best friends is an atheist, uh, by the way. Um, Steven, shout out to you. He listens to this show. By the way, I want to tell you earlier, Larry. Um, Steven, um, says that you've, he's really proud of how you've worked on yourself and stuff like that. The last four episodes, he says he really enjoys your energy. The last four shows, he said he pretty much couldn't stand you before that, but um, <laughs> I'm, just I'm just kidding about that. But like he's, he did say, he was like, I really like how Larry, he, like, he likes to do that to keep me in place. No, no, he really did. He, no, no I'm not, I'm, I'm genuinely, cause I feel like, I feel like I bark when, when you're wrong, but I want to give you like, maybe he no, really, well, no, I appreciate it. He I, really I, did say, he said, Hey man, Larry's energy, these last four shows, I don't know what happened, but good. And I'm like, thank you. But anyway, so my story was, um, so he, he's an atheist, right? Where was I going with this? Um, Oh, that was only in your mind. He we told me know. something that this is the biggest compliment I've gotten. Um, I've gotten since I've started this whole thing. He said, um, he said, you're, you're the same guy. He said, the guy I listened to on the podcast is the same guy I talked to on the phone. Same guy mm-hmm. I've known before I before I was in this church. I mean, we hung out, we drank together and everything before I quit drinking. He's like, you're, right. he's like, you're the same guy. Same guy on that show as you are in real life. I know the real Zach and the real Zach's on that show. So I want to keep it real with you. Like, um, like I want to be real. Everybody in here wants to be authentic because I think um, we, we went through a class, um, a Wednesday night class that lasted for um, 12 weeks or something like that. It was called Authentic Christianity. Mm-hmm. Um, and our church teaches you to be authentic because I feel um, like we're not dumb as human beings. Atheists aren't dumb. Agnostics aren't dumb. Witches, Satanists, they aren't dumb. They If you, if you are being inauthentic, people are going to smell that crap from a mile away. Absolutely. Just like when I went to um, that church in that church in a different town, I won't say the town because I don't want people to know where it was at, but um, where I saw that Southern Pentecostal thing where they were, they were um, slaying people in the spirit. And I'm not saying that's not real, but. Okay. okay. Up until a minute ago, you'd never heard of the Southern (laughs) Pentecostal and now you're using it. 
Well, yeah, because now I know what he means by it. Like that, I've, yeah, I've been yeah, to a crazy right. church. I've been to a crazy church yeah. where they're touching people and they're falling out like fish on the ground. Going, yeah, but that's it. That's what I was raised. But anyway, so that's this lady, Pentecostal. this lady walked <laughs> into church one day and she was one of the people that always fell out and they had to put a blanket over and she was going on the ground and stuff. Yeah. And I would just, yeah. I would be sitting there thinking, be like, well, I don't, I don't know if this is real or not. I've never felt anything like this. I don't know if this is real or not, but I'm going to I'm gonna entertain it, right? Well, then I saw her walk in one day in a bad mood. I could tell she was in a bad mood. She went, Her energy was a little off, and they went up and touched her that day. And this time, she just stood up and shook a little bit. She went like this. And I go, I go oh, she, she fakes that at least sometimes. Yeah. At least sometimes, yeah. At least sometimes she fakes that, and I'm not okay with that. I don't want to be a part of that. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And I feel like one hundred percent. Yeah, I feel like some people, though, I feel like some people on the other side will see something like that and just write Christian Christianity off mm -hmm. in 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 whole. You know, mm -hmm. I have the Kinda tendency like of doing that. The baby out with the bathwater. Yeah, because the bathwater is a little dirty. We. Mm -hmm. I'll say this because I'm gonna, I'm going to be very vague about this because I don't want this to get out who I'm talking about. Um, but there's a person that um, I regard that I feel like I know listens to the Holy Spirit and, his, and hears from the Holy Spirit. And he is getting duped about something right now, and he gives the credit to the Holy Spirit about the thing that he's getting duped to, and I haven't gotten the courage and or words to figure out how to tell him he's getting duped about it, right? But he attributes, he attributes that to the Holy Spirit, and my tendency to go is to just toss Christianity out the window with the fact that this guy is getting duped because I was like, well, is he here in the Holy Spirit at all? I mean, mm -hmm. and I just don't think, I don't think we can take these instances of human error and toss out mm -hmm. the entire history of Christianity and everything that has happened because, okay. of, because of little circumstances like that. Does well, that make sense? John 10, 10 says that Satan's, you know, roaring about as a lion and he's just here to still kill and destroy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah. if he can get you to stick to that train of thought, yeah, then he's accomplished his task. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I was talking to um, Dustin earlier about was like that, that, that overall feeling of, of, of something feels like it does not want me to be a Christian and like in, in right. the spiritual realm, you know, that's, I can't, I can't get over that. I are can't we, get over are that. we making an impact? Or why is why is Christianity why is something at war with Christianity but not anything else? Would you agree with that? Doesn't would you agree that something's at war with Christianity and not other religions? Like Christianity's on the forefront of attacks right now. I, I would disagree with that. How? Okay. Uh, well, mainly because there, how could anyone possibly say that or quantify that? But I would feel that probably the person that's studying Judaism feels just as, you know, persecuted. I would think the Hindi feels just as persecuted. I think that's entirely subjective, but naturally there's going to be a bias to your own to feel like maybe it's under attack more. Um, I wouldn't say that it's under attack more now, but what I would say is 30 years ago, 40 years ago, 50 years ago, we couldn't even have these conversations. Yeah. Uh, well, we I, I agree with you. I agree with you so on I that, but I'm going to make a point on this one. Yeah. Okay. You, you, be, because you were raised, I can, I can, because you were raised in a Pentecostal church, I can say things that you're going to understand that some people out there are not going to actually understand. Very you, esoteric. Yeah. Okay. You believe in 
or, or you've heard of because you were raised in blasphemy, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. So what you said was it hasn't really changed. And I'm saying, man, it's in our face right now that you have never seen anybody, uh, dog out Muhammad. You've never seen anybody, um, blasphemy. Uh, what's the Hindu one? Uh, uh Shiva, Buddha, Ra, Buddha. Okay, good. I'm glad you're multi-theistic relation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they are openly blaspheming Jesus Christ and a crucifixion. Everywhere but you turn. Have been going on for 2000 years. No, though. not I mean, no, not to the level that it's on my TV for the Grammys or on my TV on normal TV, not not paid for TV, but on normal TV for the for the Super Bowl. Okay, so hold I on. I mean, so it's coming at me yeah. from everywhere. Now, I know that, that 40 years ago, you didn't have the internet to the level that you do now um, where access is, is everything or the media that that is out there um, promoting, yeah, that's why promoting the crap worse. that they are now. But yeah. it is openly slamming anything christianity here now i i'm going to say that that in america we still have freedom of religion to a degree i don't feel persecuted they're, they're, yeah yes well, we, we I don't, don't feel, feel that persecuted where it's in, way more than a degree yeah. we've got freedom of religion yes but i mean i'm trying to compare right i'm, I'm saying don't compare what america is going through right now with uh africa or or yeah, yeah. iraq or or iran or, or Korea or any of those, we, we still have some main, we still maintain some form of, of freedom to be able to talk to you even. Yeah. Um, but that's not what the Bible says is going to happen in the end. Yeah. Let me clarify what, what I was saying first. So first of all, I'd like to say, I agree with you that it's impossible to quantify the level, like how could we possibly make a statement that Christianity is the most attacked religion and be able to prove right. it? We can't. Yeah, I, I no agree way. with you. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. Um, and Same for any of them. Not I, don't, I don't think I've ever suffered a single consequence from ever being a Christian. So I don't think I've ever been persecuted. But I, but, but what I'm saying is, is I think it's hard to deny the fact that people are really targeting Christianity as a harmful religion and trying to do away with it over any other religion right now. I think it's hard to deny that. Do you think that's false? No, I, I mean, I'll, I'll get with you on that. I, you know, I could say that um, I'll agree with that. Yeah. My, my opposition to the first premise was just that, you know, everybody is going to feel that their religion is persecuted possibly more than the next person. And it's, it's individual, but you know, I agree. It is more so, on the forefront now. And the reason why I think that that is, is there's been times throughout history to where you were killed to speak out against Christianity. There's been even more times where you couldn't speak out against it whatsoever. If you did, you know, you were going to be fired from your job or you this, that. there was a whole lot of past times to where people couldn't speak out. And as a person who runs a page with a, a demand for civility, I am obviously not in that group, but there's a lot of people that kind of felt like now we can speak about this and now we're not in danger of the things that we were in danger of before. So now, obviously, I agree. I think it's louder. I think it's more vulgar. I think it's more abrasive. Um, and I disagree with that. That's why I set mine up to do it in the way we yeah. just have 
a respectful discourse because I think that's the way to progress, not beratement. Yeah, from you either do, side. You do really, you do re- really well with that. You do really well, so I appreciate that. Um, so I, I asked this question to. Um, uh, well, first of all, I'm going to ask this question. Um, I've been meaning to ask this the whole show because it's something that's interesting me, but I've just been slipping it. But does your wife still believe? <laughs> that I, I'm not going to speak for my wife. Okay, um, I, I'm not going to say, but my wife was always supported by me and my wife would come and ask me and she knew that I would give her, you know, the honest opinion. And just like I do with people on the page, my wife could ask me things. I would tell her why, you know, I had issues with it or I didn't believe. And she went on for years and years and years that way. Um, about four years ago, she came to me and told me that she was pretty, pretty much deistic that she didn't believe it was the Christian God that we had been taught our whole life. She believes in a higher power. She's not atheist, but she's left Christianity and, and, and adopted a theistic view. Okay. And, um, what, what about, what about your mom as well? How did, how is she taking it? How is she taking it now? Like, are you able to be civil? Does she, does she, do you leave from Thanksgiving and say, I'm praying for you? No, 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 no. My, my mother's amazing. And, and my mother is still a devout Christian, um, by all, imagination all stretches but after my father died i couldn't let on because the most difficult thing for me when my father died was being one person in the hospice room of 30 and when everybody's praying and everybody's saying it's okay we'll see you again in a minute i was the only one there that wasn't able to feel that way and it was gut-wrenching and i had to come out to my mother uh after in the morning period and i told her and without hesitation, she hugged me and said, honey, I don't care about that. I love you anyway. If God wants you back, he'll bring you back. And I'm Amen. like, okay. Yeah. Amen. That's so, beautiful. And, and there's never been a topic. There's never been a, even a moment's discussion about it since then. But wow. it was important that I told her. You because know, I couldn't keep up with the facade anymore. You know, I love that statement. If God wants yeah. you back, he'll bring you back. I, yeah. I, I love that statement. Guys, I can remember mm-hmm. many times in my life being completely closed off to that. And yep. thinking that's the way it was going to be. And, uh, yep. you know, God yep. wanted me My back. brother the same he way. He was back. very supportive. My kids, my wife, uh, they all were. Uh, when you branch off into my cousins and my aunts, they're a little bit more judgmental and closed-minded. So uh, that's why they usually don't. Well, you tell them are I we, said. Are we in Zach, the same family? Yeah. You tell them. <laughs> you tell them that Zach from Help My Belief, Help My Unbelief yes. said, stop that. Okay. Well, I'm sure at one point they'll see a, a random atheist ass video on YouTube or TikTok and go, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm sure it's going to happen at some point. I'll get the phone call, but yeah. I, I'm past all of that. You know, I, like you said earlier, Zach, I'm just I don't even feel like dealing with it now. It, the guilt and all that stuff is gone. You know, my mom knows. Everybody that's important knows. But you know, the the whole purpose of what I, you know, how we connected and me doing what I'm doing is I enjoy talking to people. I had every question that I posed, I had that question myself. I asked it in church, out of church, every way you could ask it. And I came to a lot of my own conclusions and, and a lot of my own decisions. But I'm so eager to understand why people believe what they believe. And, you know, whether it's blind faith, whether it isn't, like, I'm always just eager to understand it. Uh, and that's why I like having the conversations that we do. I just want to, I want to reach across the aisle to people and say, come here, let's meet somewhere and let's talk. And every conversation that I have with a theist, and I knew going in that I was going to disagree with people. So there was never a debate format set up, but in every conversation I've ever had with a theist ever, 
there's common ground in which we can agree. Yeah. And most of the time we don't find, we don't bother to find that. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to, we're going to do the rounds. We're at 126. Um, we're going to go to Mark. And then, like I said, you'll get the last, uh, we're going to go to Mark first here. Uh, I don't know. I think I said what, what, uh, what occurred to me. Um, it was great talking with you, man. I, you I, well, I, I, I tell you what, I could just listen to you talk for hours. Really? Your Southern accent. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it makes me happy. I it, just, he sounds kind of like I Julie, just, huh? I just like, feel yeah. like I want to crawl up on a, on a porch with some sweet tea and just nap oh, out. And you, you, yeah. You, yeah. And you yeah, read me some, uh, you read me some, um, who is it? Tom Sawyer. I'll do it. That's right. I'll do it, man. There you go. It is a very comforting accent. Angela, you got anything? So I did have a question. Well, he asked you about your wife. What about your children? What are their beliefs? Are they believing the Christian or are they believing what you're believing? I I have one that still remains and we support him completely uh, and professes that he is a Christian. And my other two uh, are agnostic. And, you know, of course, now my boys are all older, so they, they can think rationally and reasonably on their own. So my wife and I support them. If they want to be a part of groups or go to church, any of that, we support them. But I've got one Christian and two agnostics. Do you still participate in the church scene with your son if he asks you to, or you're just not I- for that? No, hundred percent. I have I have no issue with with stepping inside a congregation because mainly, genuinely, generally, generally, if you step in a congregation, they're very loving people, they're very nice people, uh, you know, and I like nice people. So it, whenever we do anything in church, I'm always there. I don't have any issue uh, stepping in a congregation. And you've stated if God wants you back, He'll bring you back. So at least you're giving Him plenty of opportunity to maybe make that happen. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, you know, listen. I think anybody should always be open to evidence of the contrary of what they believe. Amen to that. There you go, Larry. Yeah. Being a modern day nomad, I don't know yeah. what that means. <laughs> uh, you're. I know you said one one son uh, is being a, a special needs, so he travels yeah. with you as well, right? Does your whole yeah. family still travel with you? Yep, it's still my wife and and all three boys. Our oldest uh, is in in college now online. Uh, Probably within the next few months, he'll be gone, uh, be out on his own. But we all travel. It's it's all of us. And fortunately, and I know what you all would attribute this to, and I'm not going to negate it, but he was born with a congenital brain defect and a congenital heart defect. uh, And he he does very well with both of those. He's a very high-functioning 15-year-old. We love him. Okay, that's great. That's great to hear. Yeah. I. wasn't him uh, anyway I'll, I'll go my uh mom taught special needs that's why it caught my attention yes yes oh what, what an admirable career yeah she she uh she loved them so i grew i grew up in that life and my, you know the first thing i'd jump to a defense is somebody you know giving them a hassle. you and me both yeah uh, you and me both but you know zach says you talk like julie julie's from mississippi Oh, yeah. she, I think she's from Alabama. And he d- he doesn't know geography or realize that that is like two freaking states away. She, from I thought she's from Georgia. <laughs> yeah, no, both bo- from Georgia. Of, yeah, she's on the top side of those. I just remember her saying. Excited. I remember her saying we were watching Georgia in the national championship this last year. Both from Georgia, and she goes, yeah. and she goes. Um, she said, "I want Georgia to win." 
And and then um, and everybody's like, you do? And she was like, I don't really know what's happening. I just want to see my husband happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I was like, I love that. I was like, That's I love awesome. that. Her her husband Bo is from uh, yeah from Georgia. She said, "I just want to see my husband happy." That's what she said. <laughs> yeah, she she's one of our friends from church, and she she's just a special yeah special lady. Ever since we knew her, read your Bible verse. But um, all in all, I just want to say thank you so very much for coming on. Yeah, thank you. And as is my tradition. Finally, um, it is Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. I like that verse better than 413, personally. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I will continue to keep you in my prayers. Thank you. And uh, I wish you and your family well. And I, I, hope, I hope that we speak again. I do as well. I'd love to. Um, so, okay. My turn. Um, so I, it just kind of hit me this week of, and and I want to say this again, I know I said this at the beginning of the show, but, um, I think I've taken, um, this opportunity that I have, um, been given on this show, um, a little lightly. And it is, um, it is so cool that, um, that you chose me to come and tell a portion of your story to, and to, um, open up your heart, which I'm a guy that believes something totally different than you. And by all accounts in the way that the world is going now, um, we should hate each other. Um, but correct, but we don't. Um, and we, um, we came together today. Um, I can honestly say that I love you. I mean that, um, um, I can tell you got a good, um, you you got a good energy about you. Um, and, uh, I just, I don't know, man. I, um, I, I hope I hope that God gives you a sign someday, and I hope you see it. Let's I'll, I'll say that. Um, and I don't like, like I don't want to say anything condescending to make I don't like I don't feel sorry for you. Like I don't like or anything. I don't look down at you. I think you're you've obviously got a great career. You've got a mm-hmm. great family. You're obviously Indeed. a great leader of your family, um, and all that stuff. So um, I don't want to say anything to put you down because um, I think you're I think you're doing great and good job. I appreciate you. Good job with it. all that, man. And just, I just want to say thank you for sharing a little bit of your story with me. You didn't have to do that. And, um, and I appreciate it. And I don't, I don't take it lightly. Um, floor is yours. I appreciate that. That means a lot. It really does. So I'll, I'll keep it short and sweet. You know, I want to show, uh, you know, extend my gratitude for, for what you all do. Uh, there's, there's a lot of, congruency in what you do and what what i do even though we're on opposite sides of the spectrum and i just started it a couple months ago but you know one thing that i did want to say is is i'm trying to find ways daily to alleviate the negative connotations and stereotypes that go along with atheists and i know that you all 
talk to ones that are maybe more civil and this, that, and the other. But, you know, to be able to express to people and tell people every day, you know, we do have love. We do have hope. We do have all the great things. We see beauty in the world. We just don't understand and believe, you know, the same way that you do. But at the end of the day, um, I think most Christians, most believers, and most most atheists are all good, kind-hearted people. I think, as always, in any scenario, it's the outliers that are always the most minimal, but always the loudest. And I think that more and more of what we're doing is needed. And if we can continue doing it, um, it'll make it a better place for all of us, whether you believe or you don't. Yeah. Um, can I can I ask um, a favor of you before we go about Please? about yeah. the direction of your um, the direction of your platform? Yeah. Okay. So we talked to a guy that claimed that he had a platform that was um, a safe space. For both sides. Um, mm-hmm. We talked to him a while back. Um, and his platform has turned into a safe place for unbelievers and only. He has definitely jumped on the bad wagon of spewing um, hate towards Christians. Um, and I've kind of lost a little respect for him. I've lost, I've actually lost a lot of respect for him because I understand. Um, he's jumped on that bad wagon of the big time atheist creators. And he has made it a safe place for unbelievers. Um, we at Help My Unbelief work really hard to make it a safe space for the opposite time. Tell me about it. And, Tell me about it. And we also, um, we also keep our own in check, at least we attempt to. Yes. Um, going forward in your platform, could you make me a promise that you're going to at least keep your own side in check as well and do what's yeah, right? If you look down the comments, you see, and very rarely do I have to block anyone, which I think is a testament to the desire of people wanting to have this talk. But I block as many atheists as I do theists. And in all actuality, I have to call down the atheist, uh, as it were, more than the theist. But if I ever sway from this position, I want you all to absolutely hold me accountable to it. It is not in me to be mean or condescending or negative to people. It's just not my nature. And I don't care what they believe in or what they don't. And it's not going to be a place to allow others to come and be negative and condescending. So I'll vow to you and I'll swear to you that as long as I'm running it, every person from every walk of life and every belief will be able to come, say what they want to say. And the moment that someone is insulting or derogatory to them, that person will be put in check. And if they aren't checked, they'll be deleted. I do it every day. And what we're left with are the people that just want to have a conversation. I, I could care less for the loud ones. Now, I will say this. Not only am I swimming against the current on the TikTok algorithm, but I'm swimming up a waterfall because they love calamity. They love destruction. They love argumentative. They love all of that. So I understood going in it was going to be a very slow, arduous growth. But the growth that I would get would each person be someone that I know that they can have a conversation with somebody and not be mean. And I would rather go slowly and have it purified like that than just go out for the likes and have all, there's plenty of atheists out there that are mean. I don't need to add to that stat. Yeah. Yep. Exactly, man. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on, man. And I appreciate it. And I'm, I'm going to keep in touch with you. Okay. Yeah. Let's do it again sometime, Joe. I appreciate you all very yes, much. Sir. All right, brother. Thank Bye. you, Dustin. Thanks. I got to say something about this, man. Your energy was different this show. Like you, like I, I feel like you connected with this guy a little better. Like he made you a little more. Like your heart opened up a little more to him. Like why? His stories is basically the same as mine. Really? Yeah. I mean, man, my dad was a Sunday school superintendent. My mom was a you know a housewife and 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 mom and um, 
she didn't go into her career until later on, uh, once we grew up and moved out of the house. But you know, when you when you see somebody of like mind, it, it's a little bit easier. And I say like mind, like past. Let me say it that way. Where he has been the last few years, I don't know if he led the lifestyle that I did, where I completely turned myself into my own personal god. Mm-hmm. There will, there will come a, a a moment of reckoning. If he truthfully was filled with the Holy Spirit when he was thirteen years old, then he's been marked by God, and God will reach. I don't know. There was plenty of times when I I prayed when my grandfather was in the latter part of his life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know why God doesn't answer all prayers. I know that sometimes not answering is the answer. I know it gives me extreme hope to know that my mom, all the way up until the end, no matter how crazy she literally got, or how much she didn't know through the uh, Alzheimer's. Um, she always knew God. Yeah. And that gives me hope that my mom is, is in heaven and she's not hurting anymore. She had like three different kinds of arthritis and stuff. So there was a lot of physical ailment as long as, you know, as well as the other. And I watched my grandmother go through this and I watched my mom go through this. Yeah. And it's, not a pretty thing. Yeah. Yeah. You connected with him in that. Cause you like, yeah. But he, I guess at that point he had already kind of deconstructed when his buddy was going through that. But like, yeah, I could tell you connected with him. You, you said a statement in there too, where it sounded like you were pretty confident that Dustin in particular was going to come back to God today. And yeah. I haven't heard you say that before about someone. So you seem pretty God, confident about him. God will open up his eyes. Well, it, it's not confident in, my statement or confident in his Dustin and his ability. It's the mark of Christ on him. Yeah. There will be a reason that will drive him to his knees. Yeah. It drove me to mine. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Um, that's crazy. That's one thing that occurred to me too. I think, uh, Maybe he's just been spared that up until now. You know, I don't know. I can only speak for myself. Rock bottom is I had to, like you said, there'll be a thing that drives him to his knees if he's been marked by God, which it sounds like he was at an early age. You know, they say raise up a child in the way they should go. They won't depart from it. Um, That's they exactly might, what my mom did. Right? They might, same here. They might detour, which I detoured. Man, I would detoured way, but God brought me back. I even put the detour signs up myself. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's cool. Like, it's just, um, I don't know. It's just interesting to see. Like, I'm I'm learning uh, along with it. Like, um, I want to hear these people's story because it's just it's just interesting. It doesn't it doesn't make me uncomfortable anymore to hear it because we've heard it so much. You know, it doesn't make me uncomfortable anymore. Like I'm more sitting there, um, wanting to know why, like what, like what's going on, and then what's the problem? What's the issue? If what we believe is true, we got to figure out that the root of it, that seed of it. We got to figure out why this is happening. You know, because we got to figure out how to jerk that son of a. Hebrews, listen, listen, we're never going to, because Hebrews 11, 1, 
says the one thing that a realist can't handle. I believe in things I cannot see. I have faith in things I cannot see. A realist can't wrap their mind around that because in their mind, if it, if they can't comprehend it, it can't happen. And I'm not, maybe it, maybe it helps that I'm stupid. I mean, to be honest with you, when you came to me about you, you've talked to me enough to know, I don't understand this podcast crap. Yeah. Okay. I don't know all of this. I don't know te- technological. When you start talking about the damages to the pickup and it was all electrical end of it, I am lost. Yeah. And I admit my stupidity. Maybe it helps that I'm stupid. You know, I had a guy in recovery one time, my sponsor, when I was working the steps to get a spiritual connection with God. That's the only thing that could change. That's what they teach uh, to take away the obsession. He said, Mark, I've seen a lot of people too smart to get this deal, but I've never seen anybody too dumb. You need to just dummy the blank up, right? And I think Christ himself said the same thing, unless you become like these little children. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I, my catalyst is Dorcia. Right. Is she does, I was raised, so I like you and I spoke in, in our men's class, I carry a dogma of, of past information that has been part of my life forever, and, and I carry that. Darcia didn't go to church except uh, on a friend's invitation occasionally. And, you know, and her dad went to uh, um, tent revivals. She's a newborn. Tent revivals, you know, occasionally. So for her to come, she came with that childlike faith, and it's complete. Yeah. I mean, it's she encourages me in her lack of disbelief. When yeah. I when I I might find myself going well, you know, I, I have to do something to make this work. I right. I it has to be I, and I have to, and then she comes in and go, you know, and it's like instantly. Well, God's got this. She's under got control. that. It's like it's <laughs> like when in, in baseball when they talk about going back to the fundamentals and stuff like that. Yeah. Whenever you get whenever you get too pro, sometimes you got to go back to the basics, right? Right goes back right. to the technical swinging yeah. and the grounding and the, the, she, the just the symbols of what makes you good at baseball. Even though she's in her 50s, she has a childlike 100% yep. faith. That's cool. And it, it, we do it inspires it, me because I she reminds me it's not what I do. It's not, it's not what I can do. It's what Christ can do through me. Yeah. I got a quick question before we close this thing up for you two, and I want the on, the most honest answer you can give me, and I'll answer after you I two, okay? I don't remember how that got there, but I think a dog chewed it. Oh, no. Okay, so we I don't think we've had any atheist or unbeliever come on here and say that they haven't, um, they haven't achieved peace. Um, my question to you, Mark, is do you believe him? Do you believe he has true peace? No, I, but I mean, I just don't see how a human being can. Evidently, there are some that can exist without a relationship with God. I, I, I don't think that's possible. Yeah. That's, I mean, I, from what I've experienced in the hundreds of people I've seen, thousands of people I've seen, and the way the world is, God's the necessary component. And all the pain and horror comes from us trying to do anything yeah. but have a relationship with him. Do you think do you think they have true peace? A facade. Look, well, yeah. If you're if you're 
if you are I that asked far, you the question. Yes, I know, but that's this is still, tough. I mean, I, I, I can't speak answer. for him. I just don't think any. I know. Can. I asked yeah. you the question. Just but answer. Answer it honestly. I, that's I all. honestly think that when you're that far into the enemy's camp, I get why you kind he of. Does, yeah. He doesn't really. <laughs> I get he does, why you kind of hesitated yeah. there. Yeah. He doesn't really have that uh, as much turmoil because he's not fighting anything. Well, I. Why should I have? Um, why should I be concerned about this if I don't believe in it? Yeah. Well, that's why, that's why I said earlier, it seems like, it seems like this thing, there's this thing that's fighting me that doesn't want me to be Christian. And I feel like if I gave into it, it would just leave me alone. Does that make sense? Like, so he could have peace. You never know. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like once he's got you, he's got you. Then the struggle is, I don't know. I mean, I I mean, I don't think just from getting to know Dustin, I don't think he would lie to us. Right. So there's one or two things happening. He may not be aware. He, yeah, he's either at home, like literally in strife all the time and then lying to us about it. And I don't think that's the case. Or he really does have some let, like he's just given it up enough to where he has some level of peace. Well, I mean, you got those good old boys that, that uh, back in the drinking days, you know, that hung out of the bar, and really, that was all they really wanted to do, and they they didn't buck anything, they didn't find anything, and they thought they had peace. Yeah. But I, my spirit was constantly at war. Yeah. Because God had another plan for me, and it took a lot of years for me to get past that. Now, I want to I want to make it clear what we just did in here, okay? Before anybody comes for us right there. We simply, he said something, and we're d- discussing it from our perspective of what it could be, okay? So don't, don't come after us. We're, we're allowed to have those discussions. So anyway, but um, well, anyway, yeah, so th- I don't want you to be offended about it. We're just opening up the floor for a discussion. You, if you don't agree with us, you can, uh, you can discuss it in the comments, and we'll, we'll talk to you in there. So I don't understand, and it, this has always maybe, maybe, been my belief. How come... Maybe peace, but contentment? I don't know. Contentment could be. Yeah, yeah. That might yeah, be. I don't know. I don't know. How, uh, how come it seems to be, man, I'm going to put myself out there on this one. The more intelligent you seem to be, seem, not are, but you seem to be, the less likely you can accept that this was created. How come the more intelligent you seem to be, the more willing you are to believe that this all happened on accident. Mark's Mark's very smart and believes in God. Mark's I would put him in the same camp as some of the really um, intelligent atheists believe. He um like here's what the atheists would say because I've listened to, to him enough. They they would say that they use critical thinking and um, logic to disprove that there's a God. But also people like Mark and I we believe that we do the same thing, and it's just there's this. It's almost like there's these just two separate divides where I, I mean, I don't like, here's where I'm at. I'm like, I don't think it's silly that you don't believe I get why you're getting there, but why do you think it's silly that we believe? Like that's, I mean, you know, it's well, just I mean, one of those things. I come across a clip and this lady was arguing that it was racist to teach children that two plus two is four because it truthfully could be five. Man, that can't be true. Surely we're not there, right? We are there. there. We are there. Man. I mean, you're going to argue about that. And you're going to think that you are intelligent enough to explain to a child that why math doesn't 
add up to math. Well, I mean, I, none of it I, makes sense to me. They're I, crazy. What's the Bible verse that says to the world, God's knowledge is foolishness? I, I, oh, yeah, it's in Romans. It's I Paul, think, yeah. I think the Bible states in a couple of different ways that the, the smarter you think you are, which is what what is intelligence? What is that? Learn book read? Um, well, I think there's different analyze. levels. Right. There's definitely different levels because you got well, mechanical. We decide you who's mechanical, intelligent. You got mechanical intelligence. Where well, you, you know, a guy can just naturally go in and figure out what's wrong with something when he's working on it, but he don't know how to read. I, I, yeah, I think the whole deal of the Bible is God just wants a childlike relationship with his creation. And that Satan was the one that comp, comp, complicated it. He appealed on on Eve's intelligence. He offered her intelligence, yes. right? Yes. It, well, that did God really save of, that? Doubt. Yep. It was I don't the know. tree of the knowledge, knowledge of, of good, good and, and evil. <laughs> so you know, maybe it's overrated, man. Yeah. Okay. Let's um, let's get out of here. One fifty one. Um, so say your thing. Jesus loves you. And so do I. Okay. Thank you for everybody for watching and listening. We are out. Thank you so much for listening to the Help My Unbelief podcast. Please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And more importantly, tune in every Tuesday at 9 a.m. for new episodes.